this one time a game. We went to work on making the greatest villain ever. What's scarier than a villain? A clown villain. What's scarier than a clown villain? A Nosferatu vampire clown villain. This monster had a backstory, motives, connections to a beloved NPC. We used brilliant costumes and a creepy mask. At one point, we even had left photos for the PCs to find in order to taunt our players and rile up their characters. In the process of running this evil clown, we even killed one of my favorite NPCs, known as the Rat King. When we actually put this evil clown into play, though, somehow we didn't nail his backstory. We failed to give him an introduction that revealed his lineage. We never conveyed his motives. He ended up just picking off characters. No one was emotionally moved by him. The PCs just knew that he was dangerous and that he might kill their characters. When the evil clown eventually died, our players all high-fived one another and were excited, but there was no sense of relief. They were happy they won, but it was ultimately a hollow victory. We thought we had created an amazing villain, but it turns out we just created a pretty okay bad guy. All right, let's roll for initiative. to On A Roll, the only podcast that helps you level up your role-playing game. Tabletop, LARP, mush, and everything in between. We're not better gamers than you, we just all have different experiences to share. And maybe we can help you have more fun at your game. Because the only way to win in a role-playing game is, is to, to have, have fun. fun! I'm Ryan, I'm the curmudgeon, and joining me, as always, is the legend, Gary. Yo, 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 And, of course, Jason. The favorite, and also the most interesting moles. Oh, you should have that looked at. I have had it looked at, and they said not to worry. You didn't have enough time to get it fixed. All right. Well, for those of you who are joining us, uh, thank you for joining us. <laughs> thank you. Yes. <laughs> this has been On A Roll Podcast. We'll see you next week. But where can we be found? I never remember. Where can we be found? Yes. Oh, well, al- allow me to tell you. Oh. Can I do it in my NPR yeah, voice? Yeah, let's hear it. NPR voice time. Go. You can find the On A Roll Podcast at honorrollpodcast.com. We are also available on iTunes, Stitcher, and anywhere else you find your most favorite podcasts. In addition, you can join the conversation at facebook.com slash groups slash on a roll podcast. You can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash on a roll podcast. Okay, stop I, at me. I will say that uh, there's still too much emotion in your NPR voice. Yeah. It's got to no, be flatter. You, you sound be even flatter like and the, that Saturday Night Live skit. The, the NPR sh- one? The sweaty balls? Yes, the NPR <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, good times. Good, good times. times. <laughs> All right. Well, when last we left our intrepid adventurers, we were recording a podcast here in the Real Fun Studios. And once again, we're back there. So tell us, Carrie, what have you been up to? Oh, I've been super, super busy um, with my, my real life stuff. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, the way you said that, it just sounds like bullshit. Yeah, you know. You're like, oh. Really? Life stuff. I've been very busy. I'm so busy. I'm very busy. No, I, I went Take to the a doctor to explain to us how oh busy gosh. you were. Stop it! <laughs> Stop it! No, I went to the uh, the doctor and got the all clear. So I've started doing yoga. Right? That's exciting. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're doing yoga at Studio Twenty Two. Dakota and I are nice, and so that's very neat. And um, you know, I'm I'm taking care of our Patreon, and I'm. 
making art. Are we ready to talk about the secret art project? I'm, I'm ready to talk a little bit about the secret art project. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm this. My summer project is going to be a coloring book. Ooh. That feels like lazy art. Like I'm just not going to do that part. I'm just going to. Well, what it sounds like is I bought a coloring book and I'm coloring it. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, this is a great idea. Yeah. No, no, no. no. I'm I'm going to be drawing and inking my own coloring book. What do you For, want to talk about the subject? No, of that? I'm going to wait on the subject. Okay, I'm going to wait okay. because I've got. So we're just four. going to assume it's something really terrible because well, that's what you're into. Well, what's really terrible is when you say I'm drawing an adult coloring book. It sounds like it's, it's dirty. Yeah, it sounds dirty, and I'm like, that's not what I mean. Though to be fair, could, I've seen some of your art. Well, you know, people pay me, you know, I'll draw whatever. <laughs> um, it's mm-hmm. la, la, la. so I'm very excited about that. I've got. Four of the pencils completely done, and I've got so four it's more. A pencil coloring book? No. Like you're col- going to color in pencils? No. Oh, okay. um, no, no. You you pencil what you're going to ink. Oh, okay, okay. Um, and and I want to kind of get an idea of all the pages before I start inking them, so okay. I've got to pencil everything first. Sure. And then um, on one of my mushes, it was prom. So, <laughs> you know, every time I, I think, I'm going to try out these mushes that carry I, t- I tell you something. And then I'm like, new. oh, uh, they're all teenagers and they're going to the prom. Well, no, I not, wasn't interested in that when I was a teenager. Well, well no, not, not all the mushes. Not all mushes are teenagers. No, um, just the ones you run. No. I know, I know. The, the, um, one of them you run is the teenagers and the other one is the... Harry Potter in the past? No, it's uh, Supernatural. That's it, Supernatural. Yeah, the the high school one, it's been prom season, so, you know, they were all going crazy, so I was having to juggle that stuff. And then, you know, last night we all played Werewolf. We all played Werewolf. Had a good time. That's right. It was the first time that me and Ryan and Carrie have gotten to play in the same game in like three months. (laughs) Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, since since like, I don't know, uh, what was the last convention we all went to? Because it feels pretty close to the end. Was it midwinter? Might have been midwinter, yeah. Mm, Surely it wasn't, yeah. (laughs) But I guess it could have been. (laughs) Yeah, it's been forever. Yeah, it has been. But So that was, that's always fun when we get to LARP together, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Because while I don't like to admit it, you guys are okay. Um, we are okay. Yeah. We need to get to play our vampire characters together. Again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That is true. It's been a while. So what have you been up to, Jason? Well, uh, you know, of course, my regular work as a carpenter. Uh, but as far as role-playing LARP stuff, I've been reading the Fading Suns LARP book, which mm-hmm. I have never read before. And at first, I'm about a third of the way in. And as I was reading it, I was like, oh, well, this, this is just like vampire, basically, but in space. Sure. Uh, but... Then I started getting into the mechanics, and they're a lot more uh, – they're different than what I expected. Okay. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't know enough yet to, to speak on them with any authority, but it's really – it's a really cool system, everything I've seen so far. And I would like to uh, – I'm interested in maybe running a couple of one-off games in the future just to try it out. Also, I've been experimenting with Facebook Live a lot, but that's just been me trying to figure out how it works and how to get it to accumulate people in the right way. Which is tricky. You know what my least favorite part about people Facebook living is? Watching is, them? No, Because well, no, that's my they, least favorite part. When they, <laughs> when they start Facebook Live, right, and they start recording, and then they immediately look at the camera and they go, all right, we're going to just hang out here for a minute until I have like five people with us. Because there's no point in talking to zero people? Right. As if what they have to say is so important, it must be heard by a mass <laughs> of people. Well, like, I, I, I did one today on the way up, and... I was like, well, there's nobody listening yet, so I don't feel like I should talk. 
right? <laughs> Until somebody's so it's here. It's just like a bunch of video of you like driving. Oh, there's a, yeah, there's solid five <laughs> minutes of me driving before I get to talking to anybody. <laughs> uh, when, when I do the Facebook lives for my art, right. I just do it because people watch it as a video right. later. I figured so. it was for ASMR stuff people. You know what I mean? This is the people who like listening to what the whispering this? and the scratching. I don't know what oh, those stand for. <laughs> I don't know either. You've never heard of that? No. Oh, it's no. a huge YouTube thing where people listen to videos of people doing things quietly. And like they'll like – like that could be a whole video. Oh, my goodness. Or somebody counting change. Like, I mean – Could clink. Could good, clink. You've good never for heard them? This? Yeah. Good for them. It's like weird. A- that is weird. But like some people are really into it and they like it. Okay. It's like if somebody did NPR voice for 30 minutes and you just listen to that. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I'm all about figuring out ways to monetize me just doing stuff I was going to do anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Marty. Poor Marty. (laughs) Well, if I was just a whisper for an hour at home, she would probably appreciate it. (laughs) I'd appreciate it. What have you been doing, Ryan? Oh, man. You know what? My work has just been really crazy this week. And so, to be honest, from a gaming standpoint, I've done very little except for the werewolf game last night. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, So, I had, you know, I felt like I had a good werewolf game, at least the the scenes that uh, weren't run by Kevin. Um, <laughs> oh, I, you know, Kevin I, will stop mentioning you in a negative light when you are increase your Patreon to a sufficient. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, you know, I don't I, think Kevin is a patron. Is oh, oh, you better, better cut that. Out. <laughs> I have, uh, you know, that's the game I'm playing. My Ratkin, the Were Rat in, and mm-hmm. and the Ratkin is very nefarious and up to no good, and so there's lots of no good to be had there. Yeah. I was reminded last night while I felt like that Jason Witten did a great job running the scene of combat it's difficult to run for more than about five or six people yeah. of combat in a parlor LARP right. that is fun yeah, I thought he did a great job. He did a great job. Uh, I got stuck outside the door waiting for myself to arrive six turns later Sure, <laughs> but like that's no fault of his own yeah. that's just you know I love parlor LARPs. I hate combat in parlor LARPs. And like, it's like the golden ring for me is to figure out a way to make parlor LARP combat fun. To be fair, in defense of this situation, though, yes, we were told yes. you're not going to get there in time, so go ahead and just keep role-playing uh, instead. And that, instead of trying to get right. there. And we sort of gamed our... We gamed this, yeah. We yeah. gamed our powers to make sure we got there in time. So our, you can't really blame them for oh. the waiting. We brought the waiting. No, no, I don't, I don't blame Jason at all. He did everything right. He followed the rules to the letter, and he made the combat as interesting as, as possible. And if it had been a tabletop game, it would have been a completely different situation. Yeah. It would have right. been totally fine. All right, well, before we move to combat rounds, let's go ahead and take a quick second to do a Patreon roundup. Oh, that's me. Yep. Yay. Okay. Um, I'd like to uh, do a shout out. Uh, we had someone give us a donation. Yeah. Um, so uh, thank you to, to Sarah Felmet. She's the one I got to role play with last yes. night, right? Her yeah. character was really cool. She, I liked she her. Was, she was. Yeah. It was very fun. Yeah. So I'm super excited to be able to finally LARP with her. Yeah. She's um, one of your mushrooms, right? Yes. Cool. Yes. Cool. But it's crossing over. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I find that your description of mush uh, seem more like LARP than tabletop. They, they are. I keep yeah. telling you. Well. Um, and then we'd also like to do, uh, we've got we've got two Patreons that get cha- the, the regular shout outs for yes. their uh, 
level our monthly stuff, our uh, monthly shout outs yeah. our weekly yeah. shout outs I have no idea blah. what you just said I don't know either okay <laughs> um <laughs> so Cameron Pruitt um is one of our awesome patrons he just sent us the information for his uh character roast that's yeah. right so next week we will be uh talking live to his character uh Akito Asako Wait, his a character's name is Asok? We've got this made. This yeah. is going to be way easier yeah. than I thought it'd be. Uh, um, so that'll be that'll be extremely fun. So that'll be one of our next week things. And we don't need to forget about Lost Colonies yeah. LARP, a colonial fantasy role-playing in the D.C. area. Looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for backing us, Joe Hines. You're awesome. Yeah, right. and, we'll, and we'll put the link for that Absolutely. information. We should put Cameron's link in there, too. Just a picture of Cameron. (laughs) This is Cameron. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to combat rounds. Woohoo! All right, welcome to combat rounds. I hope you are all filled with initiative. (laughs) Today's topic. Today's topic? Today's topic is... Villains versus bad guys. What? What? I think that's a good one. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I really do. All right, well, let's do it then. Let's do it? Okay. All right. So, All right. Villains versus bad guys. Tell me what you... what Define that for me. Well, I think that uh, when you talk about villains versus bad guys, you're talking about a lot of things, which we'll get into here shortly, but essentially, at its most simple, boiling it way down... A villain is Darth Vader, and a bad guy is a stormtrooper. So you're saying that if somebody has complex motivations that are human and real and understandable, they're a villain. But if they're just some mook with a gun, it's a bad guy. They're just a bad guy. And I think that that seems like an incredibly simple concept, but a lot of times, there, are, as storytellers, we can't always tell the difference. Yeah. Uh, but more importantly than that, I think a lot of times we have. Uh, vill- we, we've tried to create a villain, but we end up with just having a bad guy, or we end up with bad guys who really are villains. And I think that we should really kind of examine the differences and how to how to really make effective effective antagonists. Yeah, I like that. I also like the word antagonists. Villains are not necessarily evil, right? They're just opposing the players in right. some fashion. Yeah, when we say villain and bad guy, don't take those too literally. Right. It's just a label. It's a, it's a good colloquialism for the people that are fighting against our, your players. Not even necessarily fighting, opposing their goals. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Then let's uh, let's talk about bad guys first because bad guys is going to be the much shorter conversation. So what do, you th- what do you think makes a bad guy? Obviously, they're usually pretty immediate, like they're doing something right now. And it's usually not very complicated. Right. It's like they're, they're, they're the three thugs that run across the corner and start shooting at your players or the uh, the stormtroopers that are manning a checkpoint. I always imagine bad guys, <clears throat> when you're explaining them to your players, that you don't give them, like, you know, it doesn't matter what they look like. If, three dudes coming at you, what are you going to do? If you're running a combat and you say, are you shooting at number one, number two, or number three? Right. You know, you've got bad, bad guys. guys. Yeah. It, you know what? And I've even tried naming them in the past and sticking to it. It's it's actually worse. (laughs) Right. You know what you can do, though, if you don't want to just say number one, number two, and number three, a good sort of like cheat tactic is make them all be wearing different colored clothes. And then you can be like, are you shooting at the guy in red? 
the guy in blue or the guy in green. Or even, and then you can actually you're naming them blue, red, and green. Right, mm-hmm. and it sounds it's a little more engaging than just giving them numbers or right. saying A, B, and C. Or, or I found if you can give them a, a a little quirk, something distinctive, but not something so distinctive that suddenly players are going, I want to know their history. Right, you're talking about maybe like one guy's got an axe, one guy's got a shotgun, and one guy's got a baseball bat. Yeah, right. like those are different. Or even I've uh, one time we Ryan, you and I ran. Um, we call we always call him the repeater. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know we, this one. He was the sidekick to a villain. Right. Okay. So our villain oh, showed up. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Our villain would show up and he'd make this big statement like, "I am here to to destroy you all." And then the repeater. Would he just, was just the sidekick. Guy. He was just a sidekick, and and I think I was playing the repeater. You played the repeater, and and I just lean from behind Ryan, and I go, "Yeah, that's right, destroy you all." <laughs> and, you know, and I would just literally repeat what 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 the villain was saying, and our players would lose it. They would laugh so hard. But like it. But ultimately, he was a nothing. He was a yeah. nothing, and like you know, and like and you know, when he when when they killed him finally because he was he was a bad guy. Right. When they killed him, like nobody was like, oh no, we've killed the repeater, <laughs> and our you know like we need to find out his story and alert his family. Like right. nobody cared. <laughs> right. Because you know, he was a, just a bad guy. Because he it, was just a bad guy. It makes me think of yeah. See, it was just a bad guy. Right. Like, yeah. like when you're in high school and there's the bully. And there's always that dude that stands behind him. He's like, "Yeah, man, exactly, kick your ass!" That's right? Exactly you know what? what I was doing. <laughs> there's, I have some tiny level of respect for the bully because at least he, in his own life, has some agency. Yeah, <laughs> but the guy who's standing behind him, I have zero respect or interest in. To continue the Star Wars analogy, if right. Jabba the Hutt was the villain, right? Salacious Crumb was the the repeater. I wanna yeah. <laughs> I wanna make it really clear that you're a giant nerd. Because like they sure. never mention his name in any of the movies. And uh, so you really have to Yeah well, you have but to be that guy hold on. to know all that off hold the top on. of your head. Hold on, I am gonna point this out. Do you know all the, the No names? Jason. Jason. <laughs> yeah. You knew who he was talking about, though. Yeah, because he's the guy who's going, yeah, man, we're going to kick your ass. Because it was obviously that guy. (sighs) There's only one person yelling that that scene. Anyway, anyway. We'll cut that in post. We'll fix that in post. (laughs) (laughs) So bad guys are are disposable. They are uh, typically the the thing that you you come across in a random encounter. But I think more than more than anything, I think it's important to remember that they're not really the story. That's being told. Right. They're, I think that they're not the plot. Right. I think the level that you humanize them is directly related to what kind of story you're telling. You know what I mean? Like, I do, Jason, please tell me. In, in a Star Wars movie, we don't humanize the, the uh, troopers at all. We well, just say, those are bad guys. We need unless to it's, it's a huge deal. Unless it's the prequels. Right. <laughs> well, when we do, it's meaningful. You're saying something about what's happening. Right. Like in a vampire game, sometimes you humanize the bad guys, the bad guys, our definition, because you want the people to remember that, hey, I killed an actual person. Right. But you still don't make them the heart of the story. Right. Depending upon the system, the game system that you're playing, bad guys are often templates. Right. Or they are uh, their cheat sheets. I really like that too. A a system with a good... A uh, way of making a quick, disposable NPC. Yeah, it's they're like half mechanics. Right. They're often just filler. Right. A lot of times they're mm-hmm. they're necessary. 
they're the thing that the they're the thing that your your party fight by the villain gets away. <laughs> right? The kobolds. Or while <laughs> we fight the bad guys while he does his soliloquy. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Alright, so then let's talk about the guy doing the soliloquy. So let's talk about a good villain. That's really the heart of of the conflict of the story. Yeah. You know, I mean certainly your your PCs will have you know, their conflicts from their history. But sure. when you're talking about your plot, the conflict of the plot, the heart of, of the conflict of the plot comes from your, your villain. Yeah. Uh, typically, you're talking about sheets. You usually have built the sheet. It's a full sheet. You built it as if it was a PC, except yeah. you just gave it unlimited experience points till it was as powerful. <laughs> you, know, you, you power it to what you think is needed. Right. So they're built like a PC. What else? What do you what else do you think, Gary? But, you know, I wanna I wanna speak on the No people. you like, can't. I, that, I and speak, we're out of time. Oh I wanna speak on the built like a PC. Yeah. Because we have a little we disagree a little bit on how much you're allowed to fudge that. Okay. Like I think that at a certain point maybe you don't fudge anymore, but you seem to have a be willing to have a little more slop in what their power level is. Is that accurate? I kind of think that the bad guy is as powerful as you need them to be to be a fun challenge for your players. In that moment? In that moment. So, like, for example, if if 40 PCs show up to a combat that you wrote for six, do you just ramp them up, or what do you do? Well, I think that you don't have to just ramp him up. You and also... Suddenly he has a lot more bad you've guys. you more bad guys? Yeah. yeah. See, sometimes I feel like that, that, according to the situation, if they come up with... Uh, you know, they're like, hey, we realized actually how dangerous it is, so we brought the whole scepter. We brought everybody. Maybe you don't change it. And that way they feel like, hey, we made the right decision bringing all these people. Yeah, but then you fall into the danger of them going, so if we bring the entire game. Every time we'll just Every time we'll always win. And yeah, you know, yeah, like you've got to do what's best for your game as a whole, what's healthiest is for your game as a whole. If they do something clever, give them a kernel. You don't have to give them everything. And the truth is that sometimes what's best for your game is actually for the plot to not be resolved right now. Yep. Maybe that story needs to play a little bit further out. That's fair. Carrie, you probably agree with this. Good villains Mm -hmm. have like a catchphrase. Oh, yeah. Or an accent or a tick or a habit. I I used to, all of my villains in in any game I run, have a power. It's not in any book. But That's I always, not true. It well, is now nice. it is, but... Um, Someone literally actually stole it from me. Yeah, I, I know, I know. And I always t- used to tell everyone, all of my villains have the power of... Monologue. Monologue, yeah, that's right, I call They're going to monologue... They're going to get that out no matter what. Yeah, like because that's my that's my payment for playing this villain for all this time. I get to stand up and go and, and do whatever it is and and make ever whatever jab it is and and get everybody riled up. Because what people what players a lot of times forget is that storytelling and DMing should be fun for the DM and the storyteller too. And part of that fun is getting to be a villain. You know, right. Disney villains aren't fun unless they get to monologue first. Yeah. And sometimes there might be a little piece of the of the plot that they've not figured out. Yes. And sometimes you just need the villain to go, you know, you never did discover that I was the one who killed your friend Bob. <laughs> you know, and, and if you don't resolve that the plot doesn't actually it wrap just falls up. flat or or your players think they still have to find the guy who killed Bob right and, and that plot find, doesn't exist anymore well and then they find out oh that was the dude we killed six months ago oh right and I didn't even, even I wasn't even able to get excited about right, it right because the big the the big 
resolution turned out to have already happened. Yeah. Which I think plays into the fact that a good villain is engaging. Yes. Right. See, they, people should want to listen to the monologue. That's and, right. Mm-hmm. And you should, you should, like we always talk about, you're always teaching the players your game. Right. right? And so if you use the monologue to screw them somehow, yeah. like, ah, and then I flipped the switch, and they're like, oh, we should have killed Bob immediately. We should never have let him yeah. talk. Yeah. But instead, you use it to make the game more interesting. They want, then they'll want to hear it, they'll right. want to listen. Right. So, yeah. Monologue. That's cool. Yeah. What else, what does you guys think make a, a good villain? Uh, I was going to say something Carrie's always great about, and this is with all of her NPCs. She always either has a distinctive, like, costume piece. I try, Or a yeah. prop or an accent or something. A habit. And as soon as that person walks onto the field, they're like, oh, well, that's the creeper. Right. Or that's one of many hundreds of other villains she's played. Yeah. <laughs> Every so, one of them I has... i so many villains. Yeah. Well, I mean, to be fair, most of your PCs are... No. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. That's that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, but uh, every one of them, people know immediately who's there. Well, we're going to we're gonna get into how to play an effective villain more a little bit later, but I think that, that having a distinctive look is, is definitely uh, is definitely a key part to ma- helping to make them engaging. I think it is super infor- important for... Villains to have motivations. Sure. For yeah. them to to have a reason to be being, you know, why are they twirling their mustache? There has to be a reason why. I think I think there needs to be a reason that they're doing the thing they're doing. But I don't. I motivation's not the plot. Motivation right. is the reason Mo- they're doing. Right. The plot. You know, our villain lost his daughter to uh, cancer. And it's made him go crazy. You know, like, that is a motivation. Right. That That right. is a story. But that's, that's not the plot. No, that's the not plot, a plot. The plot is he's now trying to cure cancer, and to do it, he has to kill a bunch of innocent people. Right. I think I think you need to speak for a moment on motivation on your uh, Black Sparrow Dancer villain that you reign in the old RVR game. Well, we had a, a Black Spiral Dancer whose name was Noah, and everybody... Th- all of the the PCs in the game thought that Noah was the the alpha, the head Black Spiral dancer. I, I want to take a step back and say it took me a year to convince the other PCs that he was definitely a Black Spiral dancer. <laughs> <laughs> he was charismatic. He was very he was, charismatic. Yeah, he was. Uh, and he was he was silver tongued. So he, he he was not. Uh, it, he was. He would answer questions that wouldn't really give you an answer. Yes. So he was the the beta, not the alpha. And the alpha was his younger sister who was – she was like 12. It was it was yeah, one of those – Young, yeah. It was a creepy story. Right. And she was connected spiritually to the Cairn. There's a thing in Werewolf the, the Apocalypse. Yes. Uh, there's a thing in Werewolf the Apocalypse where they're like Cairn babies. Right. Uh, and so they are spiritually – they're born at the same time the Cairn or the hive mm-hmm. is created. And so their spirit is connected to the heart of the the cairn or the the hive. And in this case because she was connected to the hive, the safest place for his little sister to be was in the middle of the hive all the time. And so he would go out and he was his motivation was protect my sister. And to protect his sister it meant he had to do evil things and be part of the black spiral dancers because uh, no one else was going to make sure she was okay the way he could. And that meant sometimes he had to kill our PCs. Right. And you know what? He made yep. a very compelling villain because even though I never got that resolution, I never found out what his deal was, I still 
he felt like a whole person. Yeah, right? there there was something driving him. You guys right. all knew something was driving right. him. He never felt like a bad guy because he clearly was doing mm-hmm. things for reasons. Motivation makes villains sympathetic. Right. Yes. And well, even like in uh, the the latest uh, movie with Thanos. Right. Like you felt you had everyone, some ties to him. Right. Everyone was like, well, he's not doing good things, but I can understand. Right. Yeah, you know. Thanos was going to destroy half of the universe, half the people in the universe, but he was doing it for what he believed was the good reason. Because yeah. he wanted to save the other half. Right. Yeah. And you could tell that he had, while it was an abusive relationship with his daughters, he did have some sort of real emotions for them. Right. And that definitely... Well, at least one of them. <laughs> well, I mean, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spoiler alert, his skin is purple. Oh! I was going to mention that his chin looked weird. Right? His, his, yeah, skin, his chin kind of, it looks like the cow catcher on the front of old steam trains. It absolutely does. Like, yeah. I keep waiting for him to like charge across the room, like leading with his chin and like popping cows. Okay, yeah. this will probably get edited, but <laughs> my favorite thing about Marvel, uh, not villains, but Marvel characters in the universe part of their setting is right? they all have weird chins. And they that's the have- deal. They do have weird chins. Yeah, yeah. All of them do. That's their deal. They're like, you know this is a space bad guy? Because he got a weird chin. <laughs> Bizarre. You've never noticed that? No. <laughs> but now we right. are. They all, mostly they all have the stripes. But it's, sometimes they have something else. But it's always, frequently the stripes. It's kind of like in Star Trek. They all have goatees. Yep. When yep. they go to the Mary Universe and become evil. That's mm. weird. So, yeah. So a, a good villain is is uh, has motivation that makes them sympathetic. And I think that motivation is strongest when it's also an emotional motivator. Right. And I think that your players can pick up on that. Right. They can tell that this this bad guy's being moved right now. He's being moved to act. Right. He's like us. He's a real person. Yes. I think it's some advice when people are making PCs to have motivations that come from an emotional place. Because as much as we like to think that we're logical... We're not. We no. act from emotion almost exclusively. Right. There is nothing compelling or engaging about a bad guy who wants to blow up a city just because it's there. Right. You're right. Like, yeah. Okay, sure. That's evil. But uh, why? Why are you going to blow that up? At, yeah, best, that's a ba- at best, it's a bad guy. Yeah, that's a bad right. guy. It's a really bad guy. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. it's not, you know. But it's still just a bad guy. It's no longer an antagonist. No, one's got, no one wants to hear a monologue from that dude. No. Right. Ha <laughs> ha, see, I'm going to blow up the city. Right. Eh? But if they have a reason, suddenly it's more interesting. Yeah. Right. So the other, and the, I found, I don't know what you guys think of this, but I found that motivation is actually something that is, well, it's not only good for the, to make the villain engaging with your players, I've also found motivation makes the villain easier for me to plot out. You know, players players are always, uh, we, Carrie and I always joke about this, players are always either the smartest person in the room or the dumbest person in the room. As a general rule, they're either, they're either like putting together things you had no idea that they would be able to put together so early and they're just like doing brilliant things and blindsiding you with their capabilities. Or they're derpy pony. Or they're derpy <laughs> pony and they're like... Yeah, I know the bad. I I know the bad guy just said that he was actually a vampire hunter, but he's a he's actually an evil vampire, right? No, he just said he was a vampire. Hunter. He's got like, all these stakes. Right? Now, okay, I'd like <laughs> he's to got point that out. Hands. I'd like to point out to everyone listening that as 
players. You do the same thing. Yeah, yeah we, I do the same thing. Like I, a lot of times, I'm derpy pony. Uh, absolutely. You know? so, remember when we spent a year thinking the Atlanta plot was one thing, and it would turn into something completely yes. different. <laughs> we were, we were, we were so wrong that it was something else, <laughs> right? So, but what I found is that when in those moments when the players blindside you, and you're like, "Oh my gosh, how do I? What do I do? How do I deal with what they just did?" It's super, super convenient to be able to stop and go, what would my villain do? His motivation is this, and that's what's driving him to this goal. So that motivation can actually determine what the next move is. We we actually, in our storyteller meetings, a lot go, well, what is – NPC X's why motivation. Why are they doing the things they're doing? Yeah, why? They're- like, we, we'll take time to figure that out before we even worry about the next step. Well, why is always more important than what? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think it keeps you from, as a storyteller, it also keeps you away from the classic mistake of running a plot based around the sentence, wouldn't it be cool if... I, I, I knew that's what you were going <laughs> to say. But, you know, one of the... Uh, there's a lot of good things in your book, but one of my favorite takeaways is getting rid of wouldn't it be cool ifs. Yeah. It, you know, yeah. it makes me think of something that... Uh, like, my mom has this thing. If she wants something at the grocery store and she see, Well, I, I shouldn't say a grocery store. Like, like she's at Walmart and she sees something cool. She says, I'm not buying it today. If I come back in two weeks and I still want it, then maybe I get it. Well, that's how you should sort of think about plots a lot of yeah. times. If you've come up with this really cool idea, sit on it and see if it's still cool in a couple of weeks. Right. See if it's still see if it's going to be interesting. Yeah. yeah, and you know what? Wouldn't it be cool if the city was blown up? Yeah, it would be cool if the city blew up, but it wouldn't be fun in le- if if there's no and there's motivation no for it. There's right. no story. It's just wouldn't it be cool if? So don't do it. So all right. So after motivation, I mean, motivation, I think, very clearly leads into the next thing that makes a good villain, which is goals. Right. Because you are motivated, you know, a good villain is motivated to accomplish a task. So most of your plot's built around, well, I've got this motivation. Here's how I'm going to set out to do it. Right. The goal is the plot. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. So we've moved from why to what and how. I think the goal is the thing your players must stop. Or do. Or do. Or, or do. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think it's easy to be too simplistic and say they have to stop it. It might be that they have to figure something out or deal with is a better term maybe. Sure. And I think good villains can have multiple goals. Right. Yeah. All based on the same motivation. Because then maybe you can say, well, I don't have to kill this guy. I just have to fulfill this other goal for him. Right. Because mm-hmm. he's – if I find out that his sister is the heart of all this and then I'm like, hey – I've got a better place to hide her. Then maybe he's out. He's like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm that's out. a fantastic alternative to to end the story. That's not just we go and roll them, right? No. You know, uh, we convert them. We if your villain is well rounded, he maybe he'll listen, right? And when the piece, you know, like there's nothing wrong with having a redemption story. Like, that's good, too. There was a resolution to a plot I heard about in this Boffer LARP that they, uh, on another podcast, which I can't remember the name of right now. They uh, <laughs> Was it our show last week? <laughs> I hope so. I, hope so. I don't remember that's that. That's the only one I listen to about gaming. But seriously, they they figured out after like five years of play that the big bad was actually a villain and was trying to, needed to reconnect with this other version of herself. And the final resolution was this combat where they had to protect the other version of herself while she walked towards 
the the big bad. Right. And then when they finally were able to touch, it resolved it. Okay. Sure. And it, she became a good guy. Right. Uh, and, you know, they get to have their big battle and everything as they fought the people trying to stop that. But really, they were saving the day. Yeah. Yeah. Can I, I don't mean to wander topics too much, but on the, on the subject of redemption stories. Yes. I do want to just tell storytellers out there that good redemption stories must still involve a conflict for its resolution. Yes. Because it, what's not fun is for them to spend – for you to run game for six months – where your players are tracking and this 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 guy and they track this guy and they fight this guy and they track this guy and then finally they get to the big ending and they go but but Noah we could protect your sister better and and they role play really well and they make all the roles and then Noah says okay my sister and I are going to join you that's fine but it's it's kind of uh it's flat. Anti-cli- it's, it's, it's anticlimactic. Yes. What what needs to happen is Noah and his sister go, yeah, you know what? You're you're right. You do have a better place. But I've got to get my sister, and she's in the middle of the hive. So let's go. And you right. fight your way into the hive That's and rescue right. her. You, you know, or, or you could do something like, and this is very common in superhero stories, where the villain shows up and says, I'm going to blow up, you know, the planet. And you convince him, no, that's a bad idea. And they go, okay, you're right. I'm sorry, I'm not going to blow up this planet, but I, it's too late. The missile already fired, and I can't stop it. Right, right. So, so they still get to save. They still get to save everybody and have the conflict of fighting yep. the 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 rocket or whatever. But they don't have, you know. So that's just my little cautionary tale. About so what redemption. you're saying though is, if you build in the ability to have a redemption story in there, you get to have two big resolutions yes. instead of just one. That's right. And you should always be adding more. <laughs> Redemption stories can be incredibly fulfilling. Oh, yeah. Every, every time I know somebody who's played through a good one, they talk about it for the rest of their life. Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. So maybe you should consider always leaving that back door in. Right. So also consider that uh, a good villain's got goals that, that might come in parts or stages. Mm-hmm. For example, if they are assembling the device... <laughs> if your villain is assembling a doomsday device, the the first goal may be acquire piece number one. Right. And then the next the next time the goal is acquire the power pack. And then the next yeah. time it's acquire the next piece. Um, and so it allows you to have multiple goals at once because they've got that singular motivation. Right. I think that we also... <laughs> I love the way I was. I said this really deep thing, and everyone went right, right, I and then to, nobody had anything. Well, the problem is, <laughs> he like, said he's it. like, "Oh, he's right." How do I play off that to make myself sound clever? Oh. Ah, it's too late. Crap. He was. Uh, I think I'm, we. I'm not taking that out in post. No, no, no. <laughs> but I think what we need to do is talk about. You know, they believe they're right. Oh, and convention. everybody. Who, yes, and everybody who believes they're right, that means that they have. They have a system of morality. Yes. And they should always be acting within that system. Yeah. And if they betray that system, it should be significant and it should cost them. Absolutely. Yes. So you have motivation that's leading you towards a goal. Right. And then conviction is sort of the belief system and morality system in which they are willing to act to pursue that goal in light of that motivation. Yes. And and the best villains believe they're right. You're absolutely correct. Yes. And I think we hear that all the time in 
you know, when you talk about writing, the best villains are always always the ones that believe they're right. And I think most people who run uh, tabletop games sort of get it, but it's so easy to fall into the trap of, oh, well, this guy's chaotic evil. He's right. crazy. Uh, he believes he's right because he's chaotic evil. Right. And you know what? If you decide that your villain is a crazy person, you should figure out why the, his crazy is telling him to do something. Yes, because even, even insanity... Mm-hmm. exists inside some sort of conviction box. And even if, in the real world, even if there are people who act completely randomly, we're telling stories, and that's not necessarily interesting. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think the great thing about conviction is, not only does it allow for the character to be more believable, but it does very much, as you said, it instills a sense of morality so that your villain has a line. You know, I think great villains, their morality exists in a way in which they have a line that they won't cross. Your conviction tells tells you where your villain's line is. One way or the other. Right. I won't do this much evil, or maybe I will brush up against good, but not go all the way to good. You know, like, oh. it can, you know... I am willing to destroy this city, not while my wife is there. Yeah, right. Because even though that that is maybe a selfish reason, it's still a line that he won't cross. And it's an opportunity for your PCs to, to make interact. sure he's there. Yes, it's a way to allow your PCs to interact with that conviction in a way that maybe your your villain wouldn't anticipate. Like, well, he's not going to blow this place up if his wife's there. Then we need to go get her. You know what my my favorite example of this, and it's a little a little off the mark, but it, I love it. Is the first Superman movie where the girlfriend of Lex Luthor is willing to blow up any city, but then she's like, "Wait, that's the city my mom lives in." Right. Yeah. So she saves the day. She becomes because, the real hero of the entire right, story. Yeah. The line, that's her line. Her <laughs> line is mom. And so at that moment, she transitioned from bad guy to sort of villain, Nish, and then I moved think- right over into. Uh, Anti-hero hero of the story? I think anti-hero definitely, yeah. yeah. And and that is the believability. Right. Because none of us are are one-dimensional. Right. And maybe I'm willing to blow up my mom, but I'm not willing to blow up this other person or whatever that thing is. My dog or whatever, yeah. Right. And it doesn't even have to be a person or or an animal. It could be an item Mm -hmm. or an object or... That's the house I grew up in. I met my my wife uh, in the Eiffel Tower. We're not blowing up the Eiffel Tower, guys. Yeah, Yeah. no fair. Yeah. It makes for great storytelling. Makes for such good storytelling. So we're blowing up the Eiffel Tower next week? Well, you know what I love is that moment when the players are like, he loves his dog. Yeah. He loves his dog. But I love my dog. or, Or they're like, we should get his dog. And then somebody goes, no. Yeah, yeah. You leave <laughs> his dog alone. We, yeah. we would be evil then. Yeah. There is something fascinating about when when the players in your group discover that they or their characters have something in common with the villain. Like yeah. they both have moms named Martha. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but the truth is, though, they there's, there's something to that, like, oh, my gosh, he loves his dog. I love my dog. I get it. Yeah. And suddenly, Wait a minute. This is the same dog. This is a... <laughs> <laughs> but suddenly this villain is human. Right. Yeah. And, and they are sympathetic. 
And then it's this great, like, what do we do? Do we try to save him? Well, you know. Uh, do we do we still try to roll him? Right. Do we convince him to turn himself in? Like, it, it opens up doors for more story. Right. And something that uh, a friend of mine on Facebook was talking about the other day is that all plots should feel like a trolley problem. Like, oh, well, we can win, but it's going to cost us. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we do nothing and this other thing happens. I think that that is... I don't. Wow, that could be a whole other episode. That's a whole episode. Should too. all plots be the trolley problem? I'm not saying that I necessarily agree with that, but I'm saying that there is something to it. Like, I think you some should plot. always feel the cost of any victory, even if it's a complete victory. Sure, I, I guess. And you do that by humanizing your villain. So even though this is a bad guy, a villain, you feel like, well, maybe I had to kill this guy, but. But he loved his dog. He now loved his a dog. dog he loved his wife, or we would have been friends if this thing hadn't happened to him right. in his childhood. And this is about to be a really silly example that's going to nail this thing home, though. Is then one of your PCs might actually go. I'm going to have to take in his dog now. That yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that's, that's so good. Love it. That's I love crazy it when that happens. What, what about the moments when the PCs go, wait a minute, his motivation is to do this. That's what I want to do. Maybe I'm on the wrong team. Right. And as long as it doesn't go too far, it can be a lot of fun. Right. Yeah, or, or when they or like, you know, we the villain is dead and then they pick up the mantle, but in a different way. Where they're like, you know what, we really do Wakanda really does need to go out into the world and make it better. Yeah. We're gonna we're just gonna do it the way he should have done it. The, like, maybe we angle. don't blow up all the cities, maybe we help them. Yeah. And then suddenly suddenly you realize that the difference between the villain and the PC wasn't the goal. It was the motivation and the conviction. Right. Or, yeah. or the line is the line different. is the difference. Yeah. And, and that's not always true, but frequently really good villains are that way. And it can be a fun thing to explore with your absolutely. Your game. So I think that's sort of the pieces that make up a great villain. So now let's talk for a minute about playing them well. So you take all these pieces and you'll mush them together. That's right. You know, uh, you and Carrie do great villains, but uh, I think Carrie is, the like we talked about it earlier, about picking out those perfect costume pieces. Right. I, That's I, why she's a legend. Um, one of the things that frustrates me when you're doing a tabletop game, or a, a, a LARP especially, um, is... You don't costume for mush? Oh, I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, why is it taking her so long to pose? She's, She's changing dressed. clothes. Okay, I get yeah. it. I get a change. You know what um, costume I wear when I mush? It's uh, like my underwear. Uh, I, I'm surprised. What? You wear what? your underwear. Well, it's on his head, so oh, it's really weird. Oh, I'm not surprised um, anymore. No, like when you're, <laughs> my costume's Captain Underpants. Uh, yeah. Um, is when you bring in an NPC, a, a villain. Right. And people don't know who it is. Like oh, by just looking. I've like, made that mistake. When when I used to run my old Requiem game, we had, uh, we had like we've talked about this before, I had too many STs. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I was trying to do was make the city feel more full. So we would play one set of NPCs half the night, and then we would start changing out. Yeah. But the even though we would change clothes, it was never distinctive enough to in, say that is that I, person, in not a LARP, this person. In a LARP, that's terribly disruptive because every time you walk into the room, people have to make the out-of-character symbol and go, uh, "What? Car- who just walked in? Yeah, I don't know anymore. Was that, but... was that Jason, the storyteller, that just walked in and you're here to observe the scene? Or are you playing Bob? Or are you playing yeah. Sally? Because you play Sally a lot. Yeah, well, obviously. Yeah. 
Um, one of my favorite moments in that was uh, Jason Lawhorn. I don't remember which right. which two NPCs it was, but he played one NPC and then he went and changed and came back and played another one. And I was trying to be nice and like I didn't know you guys super well at the time. Right, right. And I said, now they're not nice anymore. Maybe, maybe you know, you could have like a, a costume change that's a little bit more. And, and Lawhorn goes, I changed my T-shirt. <laughs> And it was it was from like one black t shirt to another black t shirt or like I'm or pretty sure was, that I helped pick those out. Yeah, like, and it, but it was it was so funny because I was just like, okay. <laughs> oh yeah. Good times, good times. Yeah, and remember you gotta run a hundred good games. No, a hundred bad games for you run one good game. Right. I tried to get those out of the way as soon as possible. There you go. Well, you know the and the thing with costumes, okay, so costumes make for a great thing in a LARP. Because it's a visual thing. Or if you can't, if you're running a LARP and you can't always afford a full costume change, you know, come up with an item. Yeah. A hat. Yes. Hats are wonderful. Wigs. If you can afford a wig. Whoa. Or something that's in your hand that you carry. A walking stick. A can of Dr. Pepper. Yeah. Carrie once had an NPC who always drank Dr. Pepper, which is great because she hates Dr. Pepper. Kind of like no blanking carrots. And player characters would hand her cans of actual (laughs) Dr. Pepper. But like. They would open it and then hand it to me, thinking like, "Aha! Look, uh, we got you. Here, drink, drink this." And I was, so, like, I would have to drink Doctor Pepper because the character loved them. Because the character, you know, and I was being this NPC. Who's and, the villain in that scenario? Oh, ugh, you Dr. for designing Pepper. a character that Apparently. makes you drink Doctor Pepper. <laughs> right. But that doesn't necessarily equate to. Uh, table topping or mush. No. Now, in a tabletop, you could put a hat on. You yeah. can, or you can accents. Accents are big. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I was reading something the other day about how that uh, good tabletop GMs will have some props for their uh, NPCs. Yeah. So, like, suddenly, like, it's not something big. It's something that's appropriate for the table. Like, oh, well, this guy's holding this shiny rock. That means that it's uh, the necromancer. Yeah. Or, he or always the... has the shiny rock. Right. Mm-hmm. I think also, obviously, voice is a voice big deal. Work, yes, you know, but you that's can, hard. Yeah, not just accents, but it could also just be the the inflection, right? The way that you talk, or even a catchphrase, or a catchphrase. catchphrases, right? Like your villain could always go, "Yeah, see, oh, wow. well, plus today is today is nineteen fifties mustachio twirling villain day." <laughs> I think good scene descriptions helps a lot. Uh, one of the things that I like to do is have. A specific antagonist will have like a color scheme. Yeah. Like they'll say the man with the purple suit steps into the room, and they're like, "Oh, that motherfucker!" You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. We, um, I do that in mush. It, it's a little bit harder to, or not harder, because you don't want your poses to be too long. Well, and you don't like. Like, you want to be, like, a little mysterious, like, somebody walks in the room, you know, he's wearing the, you know, and, like, and you don't want to just be, like, here's the the wiki page for this NPC, this no, villain that, that I've made immediately, but you want to give people a chance to be, like, wait a minute, is this the same guy I met, you know, three scenes ago at the coffee shop? Right. You know, so it's, like, like it's a yes, balance. Yes, he is wearing the same ascot. The, the, yeah. uh, the mush equivalent of the LARP. Uh, who's who's walking into the room now with the out of character gesture? Is is an out of character message that says, "Have I met this guy before?" Yeah, <laughs> and those are but those are that's disruptive. It is, disruptive. you know, it, especially in this age of a desire for greater immersion, Which, even even in tabletop and mush. And mush, yeah. I think immersion is good. I we disagree on the levels that we want, but I also believe that regardless of where you fall in the immersion spectrum, 
you don't want people to out of character be asking questions constantly. Yeah, no, right. right. You know, it's not I'm just on, immersive breaking; it's I'm, disruptive to game. I'm on the immersion spectrum, but it was because I had a flu vaccination. Oh, oh my gosh! Well, so it was. Uh, well, my character had the well, flu vaccination. Uh, when you say crappy things about those people, they don't uh, pay Patreons. <laughs> that's, that's true. <laughs> Another thing you could do uh, at a tabletop game is you could have a drawing of the character. That's clever. You know, yeah. like most what I've discovered, and and I'm sure there are exceptions, but in my in my experience, every table has one artist at it. Yeah, usually there's always someone. Who or at you least can usually trick him into doing work for free. Or right? at least a doodler. Right, Some a doodle's do- enough. You know what? I miss tabletop sheets that always had the space for you to draw. I don't character. because I'm terrible. <laughs> you know, I want to tell you one of one of my like. Firm, firm stances with the gum belt was our character sheet's going to have a square on it for you to draw your picture. I know. I know. I remember those character sheets. They look really cool. Yeah. So, uh, so all right. So costumes, props, change your voice, do, do a drawing or something. That's, that's a big component to playing a villain well. Uh, I, I think also letting them lose from time to time is important. Yeah. yeah. In the same way that it's important for, for PCs to lose once in a while. So you're saying that NPCs should be playing to lose too? What I'm saying is that perfect villains with perfect plans aren't always fun for your players. I think that's a problem that I I had when I was an organizational storyteller. Uh, You see, Vampire has got these super powerful NPCs that are millennia old, and they're supposed to be incredibly smart and have all these amazing plans and things like that. I hate millennial vampires. I just <laughs> want to say that. They have these, they're wrecking. They're like, they're like, they've I'm, killed vampire, the millennial vampires. Should, they're like, I liked Anarchs before being Anarchs were cool. <laughs> I can't even. Uh, but, the problem is, is that if you run them as they're written explicitly, you you can't win. There's no way no, to win. Because you shouldn't. They, you shouldn't win. So you either have to not use them or you have to come up with motivations and plans that the players can thwart. Right. They have to feel like they can act. And those perfect plans that they should have aren't fun. Yeah. And I also think that when a, a when the players can thwart the villain, mm-hmm. you don't have to kill the villain. No. You know, what can happen is the villain can get away and the, your your player characters fight a bunch of bad guys. Right. And so the villain maybe doesn't get the piece of the machine, doomsday machine. Right. Or something. The players win, but the villain is still out there and the plot continues. But the the key there is that players thrive on hope. Yes, absolutely. And, and by letting them win, by letting your villain lose, they get some hope. I think a great plot is built so that the villain can win some and lose some and that affects the final outcome and the players feel like they have agency the whole way through right yeah and perfect plans ruin that absolutely yes the last thing i want to i want to bring up about villains and bad guys both is that those labels can switch you know yeah. you were talking about about the secretary to lex luthor yes she was a bad guy. Yeah. She becomes a villain and then becomes a bad guy again. Right. Some, yes. There's the a other, transition. Or maybe it's the other way. Yeah. It's Well, what's interesting about it is that it's a transition we can talk about. Right. Right. That's like it doesn't have to be clear cut. It just has to be interesting. 
Well, sometimes that label swap can be something that just the storyteller or DM decides. For example, if um, if your players are fighting a bunch of the bad guys and the villain runs away, right? And let's say your players kill all of the bad guys but one, and they let they let him live for whatever reason, right? They let him live and they decide, we're taking you to jail. Right. Okay. So they take this bad guy and they lock him up and put him in jail. And then they go on about, you know, chasing the villain again, right? And then one year later. That bad guy escapes from prison and is like, I'm getting you. I'm a villain now. I'm a villain now. I learned how to be a villain in the slammer. That's right. And I think that it's really easy for players to say, well, if we killed that guy, we wouldn't have this villain now. So we should just kill everybody. But you know what? <laughs> and I get it because I've been there. I've been sure. like, you know what? I'm just going to kill this guy now and I will but never it, have to worry about what happens. But if when that guy shows back up, you've made him engaging, he's not just showing back up as a villain. He can show back up as a nemesis. Right. I like that. And yeah. that's huge. And I think that a problem that we have is we need to teach people, look, we're playing for these moments. For this drama, this is what we're seeking. We're not seeking for specific well, character victory. Now, th- some players are. Well, yeah, but I think, but it, they can still but, get that. But, but hold on, but I think it, that falls into the what game are you running? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because yeah. you know, I've I've had a lot of players that I've ran a story and I was like, I gave you guys these moments, isn't it great? And then the player was like, I mean, it was okay, but I wanted to battle and win. Like I wanted to get I, to res. I wanted to get a I full wanted. resolution. I wanted. I wanted to fight. Like you know, like they want to roll dice. They want to roll dice. They want. They want to chop. They want to. You know. Yeah. Like, and you know, that's, there's that's there's nothing what, inherently wrong with that. No, there isn't. And so it, uh, it falls into a little bit of your villain needs to match your game that you've told the players you're running. Yes, right. And I also think that the switch can go the other direction too. If you've created a villain and. If you as the storyteller, like in the story that that you told at the beginning, if (sighs) if your staff has failed for for whatever reason, if your staff has failed to to make that villain engaging or to make your players view that as as nothing more than a bad guy, then maybe it's okay for him to just be a bad guy. Right. And then you can either introduce a villain that's up behind up behind you. Create create a new piece to the plot. Or maybe you just go, you know what? This didn't work the way we wanted it to. Let's just let them kill the guy and be done with it and move we, on. Um, we actually did do that with that plot. Um, but we realized about halfway through with the, the Nosferatu clown that, you know, like people just didn't really quite care. Um, and so. Like they were afraid of him, but they weren't like engaged. There was an emotion. Yes. Like that, you know, like they were, they were afraid. They that, hated him, but they didn't care about they what never he was doing. doing. They yeah. didn't, they, yeah, he had no, they didn't care about his motivation. Yes. They didn't, and, and so. We tied him to some other plots. We tied him to another plot uh, that was an evil tree. Like, that was that, an evil tree. And the tree had, the tree. The people was, hated the tree, the, even though its motivations were nowhere yeah. near as good as. Yeah, somehow, right. the, somehow the tree ended up being a villain. It, run, yeah, it moved from bad guy to villain, but oh man, I, I wish I, I could say that we completely did it on purpose, but we did. <laughs> <laughs> the truth is, I was a player at that time in that yeah. game, and the truth is, the reason the tree became a villain is the tree embodied the villainous parts that you had put into the clown, but that okay. we didn't actually display. Right, because when you when they tra- once they killed the clown as a bad guy, they tracked it 
to the connections. The with motivation the of, yeah. And those things reflected onto the tree then. And the best part is those plots were unrelated. <laughs> no, no, they were. They, they, were, they were. They were tangentially related because they were both dealing with extra dimensional creatures. What kind of a crap game were you guys playing? Oh my god, you just made that sound terrible. Well, look, I hate saying demons when I'm running a vampire game because that's the worst plot. You're the kind of guy. But then we ran two of them. You're the kind of guy that puts demons in Star Wars, aren't you? I would definitely do that. Uh, They'll see you in hell. (laughs) All right, let's drop out of combat rounds and go ahead and do game wrap. Welcome to game wrap. Or should I say. Welcome to Game Rap. Stop that. This what? can't this can't be your new thing. You it can't. Can. No. no. Why not? Because it's creepy. Because we voted. Uh, <laughs> Alright, well, well, here we are at Game Rap. Before we do XP, let's go ahead and remind people where we can be found. We can be found at honorrollpodcast.com. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and anywhere else the popular kids are finding their podcasts oh. these days. What's the email again? Hosts at honorrollpodcast.com. Okay. You can also go to facebook.com slash group slash honorrollpodcast if you want to hang out and talk about gaming with us. We're on Twitter at honorrollpodcast. Tweet us. Give us the tweets. The tweets, yeah. The tweets. Uh, And, of course, finally, if you want to help us keep this show going and on the air and help us get... Uh, better microphones and improve our equipment and all those sort of things. Be able to pay for guests. That's right. Ooh. You can find us at patreon.com slash podcast, and we'd love to be able to give you a shout out uh, with the rest of our awesome patrons who are, are helping us out. So let's go ahead and give experience points. All right. Yeah. All right. Uh, Carrie, you get six XP for attendance tonight. Okay. Uh, and the reason I'm giving you a little bit more yeah, that's more than normal. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit more than normal, and it's because I really felt like you contributed less than normal. Thanks. So I'm trying to, to balance that I out. I assume right. that you always give her more because she's your girlfriend. No. And if you're the guy running the game, then you must always... No, it's actually the opposite. You yeah. have to be harder on her because she's oh, your wife. Well, that's what Marty always says, that I, I never let her do anything. And you don't. I yeah, do my best to make her feel unwelcome at the I, table. That's what I, totally I, I, by, To be fair, it's by mistake, but she has yelled at me before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, but if you accomplish anything, everybody thinks that... Uh, yeah. They'll never think I gave you to you. And they're like, she's like, in the future, when I accomplish something, because you let me, finally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jason, you get three XP. You That's get, more than usual, uh, too. I know, right? I'm feeling, <laughs> feeling giving. Yeah. Feeling yeah. giving. Mm. Uh, you're also going to get two bonus XP for uh, your pronunciation of the word especially. Especially. It's more better. Um, I wanted to let folks know uh, please remember that next Saturday June 16th 2018 for those of you well no but that's important that they know it's 2018 that way if they're listening to this episode in the distant future yeah in the distant future when archaeologists unearth our podcast (laughs) actually hang on a second spoiler alert if you're listening in the future this next part's already passed. Ah. That's good, right? So you need to listen to this on Tuesday when we come out. Right. Not on the following Tuesday, because then it won't make well, sense. Well, no, no, you guys can still listen to us. Oh, my gosh. Oh, that's true. Well, it's too late. They already have. No. <laughs> right. So, but on June 16th, that is free RPG day. So what? I encourage everybody who's listening to go out to your local game store or your LGS, as all the cool kids are calling them I, these I want to make a, a note here that he re- referred to the local gaming store as LGS, and I had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and the best part was I just kept talking. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, whatever. And then we use contextual clues to come to the wrong conclusion. That's true. That is true, actually. So anyway, so go to your local gaming store, and that's a great day for you to go play some new games because there's going to be a lot of people running games. A lot of your, your local gaming stores have special events going on, and of course, a lot of the big publishers... And a lot of the little publishers are giving away free uh, adventure modules and things like that for That's awesome. Yeah, so, and uh, as a side note, our intention is for us to actually go to one of our local gaming stores and we're going to record our next episode actually live in a store. So please listen to the next episode to because find it out could if be we a, did that. Because <laughs> it could totally be a disaster yeah. piece. I, I, I think I'm going to do that as a villain. You're going to go to the local gaming next store? Next week as a villain? Yeah. Nice. So okay. I'm going to be a I'm going to monologue Difference? a lot. Well, hey, yeah, hey. you do need to monologue more. I do, yeah. You let Ryan do all the monologues. I do. I, I yeah. let him, yeah. I'm like, the you should give out XP. Oh, no, wait. You're nowhere near as generous. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah you don't want that. Yeah. All right. Well, join us next week when our topic is the new revised edition of Earth Dawn, which is being called Flat Earth Dawn. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> You know what? I would I would play that game. That's yeah, right. I, I would too. Until next time, please do me a favor and remember that the only way to win at a role playing game is to have fun. To have fun. Have I fun. Like have fun. fun. Hey, we should play the fun. We're gonna start telling people that I played. I played a fun. Played a fun. Every time someone says I play to lose, I played fun. We need to do an episode that's all us saying things like. So, play to fun. We're going to explain that, and Ryan's going to crap all over it. <laughs> we sort of did that on the episode. <sighs> I'm going to stop recording now because I hate you. <laughs> hey, I think that's a great subject. <laughs>